G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. He created us anyway, and he predestined for us to be adopted back in. Mm. I I love that. That shows this most intimate, personal element to God the Father, which is not evident in any other religion. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. In our last program, we began looking at the issue of orphans and how God laid out very clearly in his word that he expected his people to be compassionate and caring toward orphans and widows and aliens, for that matter. But uh, we're going to take a look today at what the New Covenant says about orphans in relation to ourselves and what the church understood about orphans in ancient Roman culture when the scriptures were written by the Apostle Paul. We kind of finished off, we, we brought Jesus in into our last conversation about how he f- fulfills the role of prophet, priest and king, all of those being absolutely crucial to bridge this gap, um, this separation that all humanity has with uh, with God because of sin, our sin that separates God. God is pure, he's perfect, he's holy and he cannot be with sin and so therefore you've got this separation. And it's important to un- understand this, um, that because of sin, humanity is fatherless. Mm. Okay, so God is demonstrated and said in his word, be good to the alien, be good to the fatherless, Mm. be good to the orphans and widows. These are the most vulnerable. What's this picture? We're all fatherless. We're Mm. all orphaned because of sin. We're separated from our father. So in that context, you get this picture that God was giving his people, be good to them, be good to them, be good to them. They're vulnerable. They're needy. They need help. Care for them. Mm. So he's demonstrating his heart. So you look at the whole world and he says they're vulnerable, they're needy, they're desperate, they need help. I'm going to be the father to the fatherless. And then you look at orphans. What what do orphans need? What do they desperately, desperately need? They need adoption. Yeah, they need to be adopted into a family. They need to be adopted into a family. So would you mind, Robbo, reading Romans 8.15? It says, For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption, as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. You know, when the word Abba is Hebrew for Daddy. So that's like Daddy God, Daddy Father. It's such an intimate, common, mm. um, everyday term. You know, you know, you're a dad, and you know when your kids were little, and they say, "Daddy, Daddy, Daddy, pick me up, pick me up." You know, there's something so intimate and personal mm. in that. When we go to Israel, the um, it's you hear it all the time. Little Jewish kids running around going, "Abba, Abba." It's so beautiful. So when I read that in the scripture, Mm. there's something so innocent and vulnerable about that statement. God is a father who wants to save these needy, 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 fatherless, orphaned 
children and we're all over the world and mm. we're so desperate. Ephesians 1, 3 to 6 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Messiah, who's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Messiah, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. I love that phrase. That we would be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus our Messiah to himself and according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. There's a couple of phrases in there. One, he already knew before the foundation of the world that we were going to rebel and sin and break away from him, and there would be this tearing, this separation. He already knew it would happen. He created us anyway, and he predestined for us to be adopted back in. Mm. I, I love that. That shows this most intimate, personal element to God the Father, which is not evident in any other religion. God is Our God is so personal. Now, I wanted to just touch on the fact that when Paul talked about being adopted, he was talking about adoption within Roman culture at the time. And I wanted there's in the notes there is an entire excerpt from a message by Dr. John MacArthur. He taught about the laws of adoption in, that was in ancient Rome, and I, I'm not going to read it out, but I'm just going to bring out a few points in it. And it's absolutely critical to understand because of what we read in the New Covenant Scriptures. I just find it amazing that the laws of adoption in ancient Rome, which was a pretty brutal and cruel mm. government, let's just you know say it, but their system of adoption mirrors perfectly that of the Bible. Mm. Okay, so in... Uh, in ancient Roman adoption, there were two steps. And the first one, I'm not even going to say this right. I know I'm going to get this <laughs> pronunciation wrong. The Greek word is mansipateo. Mansipateo. That's how I'd say it. That's how you'd say it? Yeah. Well, that's the Aussie version of a Greek <laughs> word. And it's from where we get the word emancipation. Okay, and mansipateo was carried out. It's kind of like a symbolic sale. So if you had a father of a child who was agreeing to allow his son to be adopted by somebody else for whatever reason. It could have been poverty or whatever. But if he was agreeing to it, they'd go through like this symbolic sale. He was selling his son. It was only symbolic. And then they'd do it a couple of steps. He'd sell it, then buy back, then sell it, then buy back. And then the last time he'd sell the child, but he wouldn't buy him back. And this, this, this transaction would happen this way, again, three times, and then after the sale, there was this ceremony called the Vindicateo. I know I've butchered that one as well. <laughs> um, and it was the adopting father who, who went to a Roman magistrate and he presented a legal case for the actual legal transference of this person to be adopted into his own, what they called a patria protestus, in his family. And when all that was complete, the adoption was done. Now, there were four points that came out of this particular adoption. first one was the rights to the original natural family of the child being adopted, everything connected and the rights to the original family gone, over, done with. It's like they, it's like they never were. But they gained all the rights of a new family. Then the second was that to become a full heir, 
of the father's estate. That's what happened. They become this full heir. Even if any future children that were naturally born in that family, they came across, usually in ancient cultures, the firstborn was the primary heir. The others might have got a token. So if the firstborn was actually an adopted child, any natural-born children after that, it didn't make any difference. Mm. They were the full heir. That's a pretty big one. Thirdly, according to Roman law, the old life of the adopted person, and this is fantastic, was completely wiped out. If they had any debts, they were gone. If they had any record of a crime that they'd committed, wiped out, abolished, as though it never happened. Every record of that person up to being adopted was gone. It was Mm. like their history was completely wiped away. You can almost see a scriptural allegory in there. Yeah, you can. (laughs) Isn't it amazing you see all of this? So as far as this was concerned, this person was a brand new person with no past. Mm. Nothing. All gone. And lastly, in the eyes of Roman law, the adopted person was literally and absolutely a son of the new father in every sense. Mm. It was as though he was born naturally and genetically and biologically of his adopted father. That's remarkable. So when you look at that in light of Scripture, we who are orphaned because of sin, and God loves the orphan. He wants to redeem the orphan. He wants protection set in place for the orphan. He wants them to be adopted. So we are adopted into God's family. We were bought with a price. Like there's this sale going Mm. on, a transaction. We are legally in every sense of the word a son and heir of our adopted father. Our past is gone completely wiped away and forgotten, and it's as though it never happened, as though it never existed. We are 100% sons and daughters of our father, our adopted father, with full rights and privileges that come from being a member of the family. And best of all, we're no longer orphans. We're no longer alone. We're no longer destitute. We don't have to live this life where we've got to scrape through life because as a father, it's the job to make provision for, to look Mm. after, to protect, to care for for the children. And that's what we have. We're no longer orphans. Isn't that amazing? It's that's amazing. And it's wonderful, isn't it, to yeah, see the uh, illustration there. As mentioned, there is uh, more to the notes that uh, we've covered today. So you can check those out online, vision.org.au slash foundations to read up and understand better about adoption and how it applies to us. In the next program, we're going to try to understand some of the confusing and seemingly contradictory things that Jesus said. That's next time on Foundations. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 